cliffcentral.com Central.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk. This is unscripted. This is on radio. And this is without a doubt uncensored. My good friend Christos is with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning, John T. <laughs> and Tamara is with us on Skype. Yes. Tamara is with us on Skype. Tamara is not with us on Skype because is Tamara with us on Skype? Yes, you just have to put it I, on. I have to push the right button. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You must see Janie shaking her head at me. It's okay. Janie, have patience with us. <laughs> I don't know what Levinson does with all these chairs and things in the studio, but it's like walking into an amusement park with once he's been here. Oh, that's not a bad thing. Well, no, but it's not a really fun amusement park. So, <laughs> it is really cool. It is so cool to be with everybody this morning. It is a beautiful day in Johannesburg. Hmm. Hmm. Is it a beautiful day where you are? It's actually, it's splendid. It's so beautiful. It is, and it's really cool to be with <gasps> my friends. It's awesome, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. to be able to sit here and to talk about really cool stuff with friends is just fantastic. Mm. So we are going to do this first. Dirty Dictionary Word. Today's Dirty Dictionary Word is Cinnamon Muffin. Any idea what a cinnamon muffin might be? Wow. <laughs> Christos? Uh, <clears throat> trying not to think. Not <laughs> <laughs> wow. your end of the street. <laughs> Mine's going very wild places. <laughs> Tomorrow, any idea what a cinnamon muffin might be? Absolutely not. Okay, well, if you stick around, I will tell you all what a cinnamon muffin might be at the end of the show. So, stay with us. Mm. So, we are talking today about all sorts of interesting things. And it's about embracing life. About movement, about sensuality, about creativity, how all of that links up about how we become more vital, more connected to life in every way. From the understanding that, our, that we are sensual beings at play in the world. And we've done the word sensuality quite a disservice in some way because we've put sensuality as a part of sex. We've connected right. sensuality to sex. And we kind of put that in the realm of foreplay. And there's a general thinking that women enjoy sensuality more than men, which is absolutely nonsense and erroneous, um, which is a nice big word, erroneous. <laughs> and um, you could kind of rhyme erroneous with anus, not really, but it's a nice kind of reach. <laughs> anyway, um, we put sensuality in this place Connected to sex Instead of understanding that we are Sensual beings And sensuality is how We connect to life How we experience life Through sight, through sound, through taste, through touch Through smell, through emotion, through sensation Through the heart And the heart is an incredible expression Of sensuality Because of the feeling that's there The energy that's there And And 
my friend Christos happens to be quite knowledgeable in some of these fields. Mm-hmm. And I know just a little bit about some of them. And Tamar knows a whole lot more than she thinks she knows or will admit to knowing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about some of these interesting things. Very cool. Very nice. Good. Good. <laughs> so say something smart now. Something smart. <laughs> well, <clears throat> My, you know, my, my big interest is in movement. Yes. And, um, I, long ago I read this novel and it was set in Victorian times and, you know, there was the Lord of the Manor and he was forcing himself upon some poor governess. And her. My kind of book. (laughs) No, it wasn't a very nice book (laughs) in that respect. But uh, what was fascinating, her revenge on this, because she didn't, you know, she had to, well, in the, in the book, she had to sort of uh, go along, but she didn't want to. And her revenge was to lie absolutely still in bed, not move a finger. To the Um. huge frustration, of course, to the, uh, to, to the guy, the lord of the manor. And I thought that was fascinating because, um, you know, everything else was there, but the movement wasn't there and she wasn't there for that reason. And it, and, I, and I can imagine that to be a really frustrating situation to be in. Yeah. When you take movement, so something as simple as that, out of the equation, mm. sure, you can have a whole lot of other stuff there, but um, there's something quite vital about the experience through movement. Yeah. And and if you look at kids, if you look at, at, mm. at kids, you see how vital they are in their movements yeah. and how naturally expressive yes. they are. And as we grow up, that gets shut down totally. and it becomes very rigid. Yeah, that's the that's the tragedy of education. It sits still in your desk. Don't talk. Yeah. Put your finger on your lips, that kind of approach, um, which is so unnatural because – Learning is through movement. Mm. Um, the, the baby, the child learns through movement. We all lo- learn through yeah. movement, even as adults, actually. Um, we explore the world by moving in it. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't learn just through thinking or reading. We have to experience it if we're really going to embody something. And, um, that whole process of movement then allows one to explore and mm. allows one to become creative and to, Expand one's knowledge base. Otherwise, you're stuck. You know, you read a book and you're stuck on chapter one. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, Um, movement, I I think, is uh, as well as touch, but movement is very linked to texture. Yes. That you actually feel the texture of so many things. Firstly, the texture of your body. So movement, as well as exploring the world, becomes an incredible vehicle to go within yourself. To explore yourself Yeah, totally they're, they're, they're different kinds of movements mm. You know, we we tend to think of If we're talking about dance The jumping up and down at a rave Or jumping up and down at a party Or whatever it is And that's kind of what we associate with movement yeah. And um, of the body But they're different types Which, you know, you can also translate as textures And the, the one of jumping up is, is external You know, it's out there It's with a rhythm but what you're referring to, I think, a little bit is that internal sensation. And we have thousands of nerve endings that uh, feed back into our consciousness where we are in space, uh, the pressure that we're mm. feeling, the, the direction. All the, it's very subtle. And if we slow down the movement and we, and we start to awaken that, it becomes incredibly essential because you are experiencing your body inside out. Yeah. You know? And you know what becomes fascinating about that? And I noticed this in, in, for example, the entrance journeys that you do mm-hmm. is at different times how I feel different places in my body that are stiff or that are tight on mm-hmm. any given day. And when I go inside, of that and just kind of be with it and feel it and connect with it, it starts to talk about what's happening there, yes. what's what, what's sitting there. Well, totally, because um, our body, our body is a, is a, a historic record of our life, mm. and sometimes there, there might have been a particular way we learned to do something which has become habit, or there might have been a trauma, and there are bits of us that get stuck. Mm. And uh, if we want to kind of become unstuck, change, move, 
One of the ways is to find a way to start moving differently, start moving the bits that don't haven't moved for like mm-hmm. ten years, and it's incredible to watch because at that moment, sometimes there's a release and people cry. They don't know why they're crying. Yeah. You know, there's a release from the body, that memory of the cell mm. that that has a story that's being let go, and yeah, so it's it's about. Opening the range of movements and, um, to, you know, once we do that, then we can start relating to our partners and other people in very, very different ways instead of the usual story mm-hmm. and the usual scenario and script we have. It becomes something more, mm. you know. We, we open uh, up a, a whole lot of possibilities, yeah. yeah, and it becomes very much almost like medicine in a way, you know. Yeah. Uh, an mm. incredible aspect of, of healing. And we've been talking a lot about this, and we're actually starting to create a program together of combining movement and touch, which become incredible extensions of each uh-huh. other, yes. of, of, of the way that they are linked. Because the, the, the underlying principle is, so, is exactly the same, of that we work on patterns – And so many of our patterns come out of a blockage. And they simply get... So let me explain it like this, because this is my understanding of it. If you watch a baby learning to eat, you give a baby the spoon, the spoon goes all over. Eventually the baby gets the spoon in the food. The food goes all over. And eventually the baby gets the spoon and the food in its mouth. Now we can eat and we can have an intense conversation while we're eating. And we hardly look at what our hands are doing because we know the pattern of it so well. So that explains the patterns. When something traumatic or stressful happens, and I think that very few people understand the level of stress and trauma that we all live with. Totally, totally. That happens from the time we're really small and the impact that it has. So when something is stressful, even the position of our body at that time has impact because something gets locked in place as a protection. That's what happens. So if you think about it, when you pull a muscle, you have to release that really slowly because your brain tightens up to protect it from injuring itself further. If you try and release it quickly, it locks up even more. Mm. So we have to do this slowly. And I know a lot of body work, for example, People want to spend two hours doing body work. And when you're in a state of trauma, that puts you back into total overwhelm. That you have to do that really slowly and really gently to start releasing that. Yeah, you see, it's it's about defense mechanisms. Mm. We we set up physical and emotional defense mechanisms Mm. against the traumas and the experiences we've had. When we try to work with those too quickly... Uh, what we draw up and call up very quickly is the defense mechanism. Mm. So if, if, taking the example of the, the muscle, if we try and work with it too quickly, the defense mechanism is to shut it down even yeah. more. And we do that psychologically as well. You know, So it's about that. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting because I think it was Gabor Mate who spoke about this. He said that, that basically we have two ways of being. The first is that we're protective and defensive. And the other is that we're open and engaged and curious. We can't be in both. We're in one or the other. And most people, I think, spend their lives in the protective defensive space. Yeah, they do. Um, it's quite sad. I mean, the, the, the thing is that <clears throat> we, you know, we, we, we're looking at it a little bit negatively. Um, but it's part of the survival mechanism. Yeah. You know, when you learn to drive, for example, then it becomes automatic. You don't need to, or you shouldn't really be mm. doing it from first principles. Otherwise, you'll be taking forever to drive. So there's a positive side to that. And then the negative side is that every time we drive, we will drive the same. That's right. Or every time we eat, we will eat the same. Nothing wrong intrinsically. That's, you know, maybe that's what we want. But if we... Uh, but we, you know, many people want something more out mm. of life. You know, if you want to create depth, you want to create width in life. It's an expansion. It's yeah. so it's to find alternatives so that there's a choice. 
you don't do things from habit, but you always have a, an element of consciousness and choice about how you interact, what you do, mm. and to mm. be able to create a, a, a much wider, richer experience. Mm. And this is where, <coughs> firstly, the healing mm. journeys become so important because they allow for that expansion. So there's something, I'm not sure if we've spoken about this, but it's going to be kind of interesting to hear what you say um, about it, what you think about it, is our mind has one job, which essentially is survival. It's to get us through the day and to get us through life. And anything that comes along that essentially challenges that survival, on any level we tend to reject because it challenges our survival. Survival and happiness are nowhere near the same thing. Survival and fulfillment are nowhere near the same thing because survival is the pattern Mm. And we simply do it because we know it. If we start making a choice for happiness, we actually have to go beyond that. And what you said is, right, we have to make a choice. It has to be a conscious choice. Until then, we're going to do what we do. Yeah, you know, one of, I mean, we, we, when we talk about survival, sometimes we just think the physical. Mm. But actually... The one thing that the mind is is totally focused on is the survival of the ego or the identity. Yeah. And that generally is made up of memories, thinking, beliefs or whatever. And this is why people find a lot of the work we do challenging mm. because it, it's not that they can't move. It's not that they can't do the stuff, but it starts to challenge those underlying beliefs and memories and decisions and th ways of patterns of thinking yeah. and the ego is threatened yeah and uh, so again coming back to that concept of the of the um defense you know so when we talk about happiness that's a sensation it's a it's it, we, we we don't think happiness we feel happiness mm. so if we want to go that route if we want to go into the feeling we have to go into the body. There's no, there is just no other way. You cannot yeah. think happiness. You cannot think emotion. You have to feel it. Yeah. And that's, it becomes kind of uh, a limitation of, of purely talk therapy in a way. Totally. totally. It doesn't yeah. get to the yeah. places yeah. of depth yeah. and it stays in the mind. But, you know, we had an experience of this a little while ago in the water massage, which was such a, an amazing example of this. And it was the first time in all the years we've been doing it that this happened, that there's a process in that where you receive touch from a group of people. And there was a woman at the experience who said she doesn't do that because she's a control, her words were she's a control freak and she doesn't allow that. Yes. That was her identity. Exactly. And to allow herself to receive that would really challenge that identity or for her it was a threat to the identity mm. it's what she'd made up in her mind of, you know that was her and and the challenge for us and and most probably everyone is how do you bridge that gap mm. how do you make it safe enough to say look yes you this is what you feel um let's let's now see how we can bridge that gap mm. Um, I, this is a little bit off topic, but it's quite interesting. Uh, recently, I did um, a session with old people in a in a home. Yes. And when I arrived, they were huddled around wheelchairs and chairs, and they all said, "We've come to watch." So you know, we're not going to do anything. I said, "Okay, let's. Um, all right, I tell you what, let's just put the chairs in a circle and you watch." Um, and uh, if you feel like doing something, you do it, but otherwise you watch. Well, to cut a long story short, they all participated. Mm. And it was kind of making the environment safe uh, to say, look, I accept where you're at, you know. And now how can we move a little bit further? Mm. How can we shift it a little bit, yeah. expand it or yeah. whatever you yeah. Beautiful. This, the, yeah, mm -hmm. this is, it's so powerful, this. And um, <clears throat> I learned something from my lover this week that I have been sharing in my practice with everybody I've seen this week. So I give people a lot, I give people a model of asking questions as a way of engaging. And as I'm sitting here thinking, it brings up how we could do that with touch in a way, you know, using, and movement, using that same process of questioning your body, questioning your movement to engage. 
And I give people a whole list of questions to start asking themselves on this whole process. And then I added one this week. Um, and it was amazing. And the question is, what's beyond this? Yes. What could be beyond this? And that's when you're starting to move from a pain or a limitation into a possibility. And the magic has, starts to happen. <laughs> that's it. And yeah. simply yeah. saying, what is beyond this? What could be beyond yes. this? And yeah. as soon as you're doing that, you're starting to allow your thoughts to actually expand somewhere. So I could feel looser in my body. And if I felt looser in my body, how would I feel? What would happen in my life? How would I sit? How would I stand? How would I move? How would I relate to my children? Totally. I mean, our whole experience in the world is through movement. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of day to day. So once you start to open that range of movement, that range of sensation, that range of bodily experience mm. and awareness, the experience in the world is going to be different. Mm. Uh, I see this, you know, um, I don't know. Sometimes you meet somebody and they want to give you a hug. And they squeeze the life out of you <laughs> uh, yes. because they're nervous and yeah. they don't know how. And, and you're sort of like, okay, fine. So you just take that as an example. Oh. So I, I like the embrace because it's got movement and it's got heart and it's got touch and everything. So when you start to give people uh, a, a wider experience of that and you go to the other extreme of an absolutely soft embrace, the magic between that um, mm. having my lungs squeezed out to the one where you feel held, you feel embraced, but there's a magical softness to it. Yeah. Suddenly, is a, you know, it's a, such a different way of then relating to that person because the squeeze is disorientating mm. and disconnecting. It's like kind of a little bit jarring. The, the other one is like, I'm one, I'm with you. Mm. We, we both air, we both energy, we both one thing, you know? Yeah. So and it's some, something as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And that's the power, for <coughs> example, particularly of, of what we do with water massage. Because it's slow, it's so gentle. You're in this beautiful womb and everything can just start to relax. And it's huge in that. So I had a really interesting thought. About that, and it's exactly what you're saying in a way that says, imagine that if we lived in a world of healers, not the healers who have learned Reiki or reflexology or kinesiology or whatever else everybody is doing, but a world of healers where people were healing themselves, where people were going into themselves, connecting with their bodies, connecting with their hearts, connecting with the earth. It would be an incredibly different world. And we it will be. And we have so much of that within us. Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, we can only heal ourselves anyway. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is that I think people don't realize that or they're disconnected from that. It's kind of like, you know, esoteric mumbo jumbo or something, you know. Or, you know, education, religion tells them, you know, don't do that don't explore mm. i know from um our church you know something like yoga is supposed to be you know from the devil so um you know it's kind of like awakening people to possibilities and saying you know what you you can take responsibility you can take agency mm. for your own life you don't need somebody on the outside to do it for you and and i think that then would translate into a, a, a different world altogether because beyond the self, then I take responsibility for my relationship in society. I take responsibility for my relationship to nature, to the world, to issues around me, to politics, everything. It's not them. You know, it's not always them doing the stuff. It's me. I'm, I'm the person. So I, the movement starts with me. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. that's a huge thing for a lot yeah. of people to say it is about me because we go to somebody and we want somebody to fix us. We want mm. somebody to heal us. Yes. And over time, our, I think the Western system of, of medicine has created that. Yes. 
Yes, that totally. s- the doctor is going to fix you yeah. Instead of understanding that you're going to fix you mm. And the other side of that Which is relevant to this topic Is that it's going to be instantaneous You're going to have an operation Or you're going to have a tablet Or you're going to have a course or an injection uh, When The way we work with body mm. touch It's not instantaneous if you've, if you've spent 40 or 50 years Accumulating a history in your body and a way of being in your body, it doesn't change overnight. Yeah. It's it's a slow process. But the fun, there's a fun side to it mm. because it's about connecting with the fun. It's about connecting with happiness. It's about connecting with life and opening possibilities. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not this kind of work of oh now I'm healing myself mm. and I'm you know working at it. It's oh, it's very serious stuff. No, 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 stuff. no, no, no. It's very, very serious. It's about Come fun. On. It's what about are you talking fun. about? <laughs> no, it's serious. Come on. Oh, I'll stay on the side of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But we've made it that because yes. of this whole kind of spiritual yes. bullshit around so exactly. much of it. Yes. And it's one of the biggest secrets of if you can actually just relax into it all and see the light – and even the absurdity of your behavior. If we go back to the questions, there's a wonderful question, again, that Gabor Mate poses. And the question is, who do you think you are? And especially when you're in an emotional state and you ask the question, who do you think you are? Who are you bringing at that moment? Mm. And when you can take a step back from it and you can see sometimes the Absolute absurdity of what you're doing or saying. And if you watch that in a movie, you'd think, fuck. No, no, that's somebody else. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but it's us. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, the, the clue is in the, in the question, mm. in the word think. Who do you think you are? Yeah. That's the mind. That's it. The, 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 the alternative question is, who do you feel you are? Mm. And that's a very different experience. Because then you're getting more into what's happening now. Exactly. And the thought is never in present time. The Mm. thought is in the past. past. It's in the future. It's the could, the should, the would, the judgments, the so many other things about it. And the feeling is what's happening now. You can only feel now. You don't feel, you know, if if you're talking about feelings of the past, it's a memory. It's in your head. It's not in your body. So the first question that I teach people to ask about that is, is it real? Is the Mm. feeling real? And that means, are you feeling this now or are you just in a pattern? Because you've done this for so long and in this situation, this is how you have reacted. And that's important because it's a Mm. reaction. It's not a response. Mm. Response, in my understanding, is a choice. Reaction is a pattern. Is it a pattern that you are playing out or are you really feeling Mm. this now? No, exactly. If we go back to to the aqua flow, Mm. the the flow massage, uh, a very interesting thing somebody said to me once is, well, I didn't come because in May the water temperature was X and I Mm. felt cool. And I'm going, but that's in May and we're in October. Yeah. Do you know? So it's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Something happened, and now I'm going to feel what well, I think I'm going to feel that way yeah, forever. I'm going to shut down. That's mm. it. And it becomes the same thing. Yeah. And the same thing when you do Aqua Bliss, mm. an incredible process of, of, of being in your body. Totally. In the moment. Yeah. And that's what so much I think of touch, of movement, of breath, of sound, all of those medicines are about is bringing us into the moment and the more we can feel that the more connected we will be and i was talking to my lover this morning on the way here we were talking about the word sacred because it's a fascinating word and i have been questioning what does it actually mean like we talk about sacred sex what does that actually mean what makes one sexual experience more sacred than Another, mm. And I'm going to digress in a moment about that. But <laughs> the interesting thing is one of the things that, that we decided on was that one of the most important aspects of sacred is presence. Exactly. Yeah. So what's interesting for me, even in, in that context or just generally, is that um, we, we're not just one channel. We're not just mm. thought. We're not just 
uh, one sensation of touch or we you know we we actually multidimensional mm. beings and um when we start to integrate all these different um let's call them channels we become ever more present mm. so when we combine movement we combine sound we combine touch we combine the the imagination and what's interesting for me those four are the the cornerstone of the sand trance dance mm-hmm. if you if you read up about trance dance th- those elements are there they call it dreaming i call it imagination but dreaming touch sound and movement and if you watch a trance dance and you know you can go on youtube and find mm. quite a few examples you will see that they there's the clapping there's the sound there's the dance and then there is the touch and that's where the whole thing the integration of mm. all of that happens so the integration of these is in the present that's where the the experience happens that's where the healing's going to mm. happen that's the embodiment of it exactly and i want to talk about that word but i need to digress mm. a little bit mm. Somebody recently, it was in my practice this week, somebody I was working with said, it's a woman who is recently divorced and she is starting to explore a little bit of her sexuality and she said she has, in her terms, a new fuck buddy and she asked what I thought of that and and she said something like, you probably don't think it's really good sex and I said to her, what is good sex to you? Are you leaving the experience where at the end of the experience, do you feel satisfied? Do you feel fulfilled? Whatever that means. Do you feel that you have been authentic in the experience? Then it's good sex. Never mind all the tantric stuff. That's wonderful. Never mind all the tower stuff. That's wonderful. Never mind all the high sex, all the energy sex, all the rest of it. That's wonderful. And I'm really glad is because people come and learn that stuff with me. So it's part of how I earn my living. And I'm really happy about that. <laughs> but if you are present at mm. whatever level you are mm. and you're having sex that at the end leaves you saying, oh, that was really cool. Mm. Then you are having good sex. And never mind all the other bullshit and judgment you've been given. But I agree with you. And that's why <clears throat> just. You know, from a personal perspective, I have a bit of a problem with the the term sacred sex Mm. because uh, sacred anything for that matter, because taking uh, the putting sacred in front of it uh, is immediately going to differentiate immediately going to there's going to be an element Mm. of judgment around it. And actually, you know, everything is sacred. Yeah. You know. And um, and what does that mean then? And I think what you said, it's to, be, you know, what part of it is this presence and the intention and, and the engagement that makes yeah. it sacred. Yeah. And we've made that an external where yes. it's actually within us. Yes. And the power of movement, of sound, of touch, of all of these different things brings you into yourself. And that's where you find that sacred. Not outside. And everything else essentially is a vehicle for that. Mm. And if it's not, then maybe they're not telling you the right things. Yeah. And we put a judgment on that because if it's not sacred sex, then it's not good sex. Yeah. Come on. So I, I don't like quoting, you know, biblical text because there's a whole <laughs> issue around yeah. that. But there is one that, that, you know, one could, could quote here. And that's the, the one that goes, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm. And people, I think a lot of people, very religious people don't even realize what that means mm. or the implications of that. So then we run to the priest, the rabbi, the whoever, you know, so the kingdom of God is somewhere else, you know, somebody else is going to do it for us. Yeah. When it is mm-hmm. totally about mm-hmm. us. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this embodiment, the word embodiment and what it really means. Because until we embody what we're doing in terms of, of change, of healing, of growth, it's not a part of us. Yeah. So what do you, what's your take on, on understanding of, of the word Embodiment. So I'm going to do it as a story because it's easier. We like stories. <laughs> Tomorrow, love stories. I do, I do. And she just cuts right to the end in one sentence. And what's the ending? <laughs> then she orgasms. There you go. <laughs> so, um, 
if you you want to learn to ride a bike, mm. you can take a you go to the library and take out a hundred books and study them. Um, you will know the you know you can know about wind velocity, balance, uh, force, anything, anything related to riding a bike. And you can be very knowledgeable. You can be the professor of bike riding at Wits. <laughs> I'm sure there's one. <laughs> Somewhere in the world Somewhere there's a there's professor of bike riding. Oh, totally. In America, there may be a course in bike riding. So the theory of bike riding. Mm-hmm. Until you get onto the bicycle and actually um, learn through your body how mm-hmm. to ride it, you will never have ridden a bicycle. Mm. Now, that process of the experience in the body is the embodiment of it. And I want to take this a bit further because coming back to where we started with habit and everything is uh, when when I got my first bike, I was so excited. And, you know, we lived somewhere out there in the middle of the felt. So I started riding this bike in the felt. And my very first bike ride, I hit a lump of uh, grass went head over heels and sort of landed in, on the on the floor. So from then on, I was very conscious about you know where I'm riding and holding the handlebars and uh, being careful. And that was my biking experience. Now, had I um, allowed the the you know the bike experience to expand now, if I had a, a jaunty of 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 biking. Um, I would have maybe learned how to ride without holding the mm. handlebars, you know, without. So the the whole experience mm. would have have expanded. But all of that's done in the body, and the body knows. You 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 cannot tell your body mm. how to ride the bike. That's embodiment. It's yeah. it's intrinsic to the movement in space and time and to the experience. Mm. And you know, it goes much deeper than that because when you listen to Bruce Lipton talk about the biology of belief. You learn about how many of our beliefs are in our body. Yes. And that's what we are expressing. And there's something really interesting. Tamar said this once, um, and it was one of the most beautiful things that that you've ever said, Tamar, which was we were talking about something, and you said the phrase sensual vocabulary. Mm. That was the phrase that you used. And mm. it's something that, The more I think about it, the more I think about the depth of it. That for most of us, our sensual vocabulary is pretty limited in terms of taste, in terms of touch, in terms of sound, in terms of sensation. Every aspect of movement, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. That the way that we have to look at that, describe it, think about it, experience it is limited. Mm. And the more we can expand that, the more we expand that vocabulary, the more yeah. we expand our connection to life yes. and to the Which world. Back to so, what Christus was saying yeah. regarding you can learn, but you have to experiment. Yeah. And a lot of our sensual vocabulary actually can never be explained mm. because you can't, you can't explain a sensation. No. The best that we can do is it's kind of like this. Mm. And it's like trying to explain to someone chocolate ice cream who's never had chocolate ice cream, you know. So I thought uh, a word popped in in my mind as you were talking, and it was uh, the phrase unlocking the body. Mm. And uh, it's, it's kind of like when we limit the vocabulary, it's actually a lockdown. Which mm. is part of survival, yes. by the way. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's there, you know, it's how we survive. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, it's unlocking the body and, uh, the, the sensation. And I, I love that, um, one then can experience life differently, mm. you know, through, through that. Yeah. And as we do that, it's an well, opening. It's definitely yeah. an opening and an expansion. As a very anxious person, I can say that I usually feel extremely uncomfortable when I need to change, when I need to change anything. If I need to go and, you know, to move, dance, if I need even to do something different. Well, sex was the easier, maybe, maybe one of the easiest, um, channels for me because there was not a lot of limitation on it. I grew up with, with so much freedom in that aspect. It was a leeway that was easier, but also took me, 30 whatever years to get to that conclusion that I can 
you know, have a leeway there. But everything that is a, a change makes me extreme, makes extreme discomfort. Mm. And that I, I suspect a lot of people can identify with that. So, you know, going out to dance or to do something new, something esoteric, something different. It's actually not for, for many people. There's a great excuse to stay in their anxious p- patterns of living, of just doing what they should do, what mm. religion is telling them, what society has told them that it's important to work and then watch TV and then go to sleep. Mm. Mm. I think a quote from Anais Nun is probably quite pertinent and appropriate to that. And I think it's from Anais Nun. Um, and I'm willing to be corrected on that. And it was something along the lines of, and the day came where the pain of staying enclosed and filled up was greater than exactly. the pain of the possibility of opening. Mm. But um, so something you said, Tamar, which, you know, like I'll, I'll pick up on, which is the word doing. Mm. And uh, I think with all of this, it's not about doing it. Because if I want to now do dance, uh, it's, a, you know, how do I do it? Where do I do it? Am I, I doing think, it right? Am I doing it right? It's about letting go. Mm. And so mm. I enter the, um, let's call it the dance space. The music is playing. Will, am I willing to let go the control of my body and let it respond mm. to what's happening around the rhythm, the melody? Because it will. If you let it go, the body will mm. respond. Uh, same with touch. Same with, yeah. with, you know, all of this. Because that's intrinsically yeah. within us and we know exactly. how to do that. We did it. There was yes. a time when we did it. We just have to let go the control, mm. The, mm. The, the, the mind. Yeah. And it, it, then there's no, it, it's natural. Mm. It, it happens spontaneously mm. and naturally. Yeah. It's interesting how our education system and the way that we educate young people has moved them so far away from this. Mm. In terms of, firstly, the emphasis being so much on the mind in education um, and the confinement and the way that it should be. And the focus on passing exams, full stop. It's not about learning. No. It's about passing yeah. exams, full stop. It's not about developing people. It's about passing exams. And I'm doing yeah. a really interesting yeah. project. And I know at some point there's, there's a, um, a part for you in this of, of working with entrepreneurs and startups, of teaching them some of the skills that I work with in my practice to say, if you grow yourself – your business will grow, and it comes out of that. And without that, nothing mm. is going to mm. change. So, um, so there is, you know, I think both have have a value. So I'm going to do what all architects do, and that's compare myself to an engineer. If uh, so, <laughs> the <laughs> the knowledge of an engineer is exactly that. They have to learn the formula. If they don't get the formula right, the bridge is going to fall down. End of story. You know, that's, mm. that's, so there is a, a value and a place for that. What, as, a, as opposed to say an architect who now there is no formula and you have to enter into the creativity and you have to explore mm. and everything. What the tragedy is, is that society, especially the Western society, values the former. They value that kind of formulaic mm. knowledge of like there's an answer to everything. And as long as you know the formula, then the bridge is not going to fall down the metaphoric mm. bridge, whatever that is. So we see it in, in you know, what you mentioned now. Mm. So in leadership training, in change training or change management, you'll see that there's – People are expecting a formula. You go to a, a, a corporation or company and they want the formula. Yes. They're not – very few people are willing to say, well, we don't know. And that's a very powerful position to be yeah. in, to say, I don't know. Let's explore. Absolutely. Yeah, and the answers become such a limitation. And yes. more and more when people come to me and they say, so what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And I say, I have no idea. Exactly. Um, but we are going to help you change some things. And at the end of it, maybe what you think is going to happen will happen, but maybe a whole lot of other things along the way are going to happen. And I love that. You know, you get all these workshop descriptions, and these are the laws of this, and this is the formula for this, and these, and if you follow this rule, and this, this is how it's all going to happen. 
where's the human being in this? Where's exactly. your spirit? Where's your yes. soul? Where's your yes. connection to life? Where's the fact that yeah. inside of you, you know so much? And where's the creativity? Yeah. And, and the inspiration yeah. and the intuition. Yeah. And the more you can learn that, the more <coughs> you'll know how to have an amazing relationship. You'll know how to love. You'll know how to explore your world. Mm. And all that we can be is guides and mentors along the way and say, maybe try this. Yeah, but the experience is yours. Yeah, and think about this. Yes. I mean, uh, there was, uh, I don't know who said it once to me or to a group, which is that the the most amazing gift you can give anyone is your presence. Mm. And if you're present in that relationship, if you're present in whatever you're doing, mm. then you'll know how to touch because you will be in response to what's happening there. You will know how to move mm. because you'll be in response to what's happening in the moment. So the, the, the main thing is, well not the main thing, the, the key is to be able to come into that present. Mm. And I believe this is, and I think you believe it as well. Um, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but anyway. No, but <laughs> is, you're absolutely is, correct. Is that the key to presence is the body, not the no. mind. No. The, because the mind is the past, the future, the this, the that. But the, the body is here. I feel it now. I'm feeling a little chilled in the studio because it's the aircon's going. That's what I'm feeling now. We do that because Levinson and his cronies <laughs> tend to kind of leave lingering odors in here. Mm, I'm not smelling that, <laughs> but then I have a blocked nose. <laughs> but, but you're right. And we've yeah. spoken about it a yeah. lot. And, you know, for want of, of a different word for me who does healing, mm. and I don't know what that is a lot of times, but... And I think I know it less than I ever did. But all that I can really do is sit there and offer myself in that space. Mm. That's all. And everything has to flow from there. Because if it's about this technique, yeah. I'm not even listening to you. What I'm yeah. waiting to do is to plug something that I learnt, yes. not know, learnt mm. into you. Yeah. Without even really listening or without even really – and listening in this sense is really – it's hearing with my body. It's hearing with my senses. It's hearing your energy. Exactly. Not so much your words. What's underneath that? What's behind it? The sad part about this is the people who are prepared to give the answers and the formulas oh. and other other people who easily attract uh, an audience yeah. I mean I went once to a talk I'm not going to mention who because And every He'd, he'd be talking and then every now and again He'd give a, a, you know a, a little oh. aphorism a, a saying But they were just so Mechanical And oh. I got up and I thought like Well you know I could have read all this Because oh. you've written it in your book And what does it mean you know You're not here you're not engaging You're not. You don't care whether I'm oh. sitting here You just want to like Throw the formula to at me, yeah. and then it's going to work. Yeah. I have to tell you something mm. fascinating at this stage. I know a guy called Casper de Fris. He is a phenomenal person. He is so talented. He's been around for so long. He knows so. He's an awesome entertainer in so many ways, and he does a show just after us. And every morning he comes into the studio earlier and earlier and, and stands here and he thinks that that's actually going to make me hurry up more. And he has two really good hands that he could put in his pants quite easily and amuse himself for the next 10 minutes, you know, really, really happily. I don't get what the guy is all about, actually. Jonty, could focus. Be I am secretly in love with you, Jonty. <laughs> <laughs> On air confessions. Did you see a nice book about wild animals? Arrgh. I'm looking for that. But look, I don't want to just continue. I don't want to interrupt. Okay. What have you got coming up that's interesting? My penis. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Now, sit quietly there. <laughs> I think that was for me. 
So, um, okay. So, I mean, you know, going back to this thing that things take time, you know, we have weekly classes in, in movement, Beardanza. Where do people find out about that? They, this? on my website. Which is? Which is visvita.co.za. V-I-S-V-I-T-A dot co.za. And you have a really exciting retreat coming up. And I have a retreat next week, which is uh, quite a shamanic retreat. So we're taking dance uh, ceremonies, incorporating ritual, uh, drumming, um, mask mask making, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) And, uh, And creating an experience all related to this. It's like really connection with self, connection. The the shamanic works is it works it work is to connect to self through nature and to connect and to find the ego dissolution but using nature. That's beautiful. You know, so yeah. And in a few weeks we will be announcing our program exactly. of combining the embrace of life. Which yes. is really awesome. So I have some really exciting stuff. On Tuesday we are doing water flow massage. Yes, Tuesday yes, night, yes. water flow massage. <laughs> Don't look at me like that because that's not making me nervous. <laughs> and um, on Thursday night in Cape Town, I am presenting an expanded orgasm workshop. The power of expanded orgasm is amazing to change our pleasure patterns. And that's one of the biggest things that this workshop will teach you is a way that you can actually change your pleasure patterns. And that's huge. And um, on the 6th of November in Joburg, it is Expanded Orgasm in Joburg. And in between, please visit www.eroslife.co.za. A cinnamon muffin is is a yoni, a vagina, a pussy, whatever word you prefer, <sighs> covered in light ginger pubic hair. Oh. oh goodness me! I wasn't even thinking. Gently, one of your favorites. There we go. I thought it might have been a fetish. <laughs> there we go. Well, this has been really cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank I've you. Really yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, the things that you have brought to air literally was mind-boggling and and soul expansion expanding. It's so beautiful. We wish you all. So much pleasure. I am looking forward to seeing you soon tomorrow. Absolutely. Looking forward to see you too, Christos and Chanti. Yes. Tomorrow we miss you. <laughs> On Tuesday. Lots yes. of love. Love. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com.